Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. want to give a shout-out to all of our sponsors. Uh, I'm a little down. I'll tell you why in just a minute. But thanks to Mr. William Art Williams Tire, Nobles Networking, uh, Red Circle, putting some change in my pocket. I very much appreciate you guys. Uh, corporate sponsors, anybody that gave any money towards the show, I just I appreciate you. Um, uh, today is my daddy's birthday. It's Donnie, the dumbass Terry's birthday. And uh, yesterday, my dad broke his fucking neck. And uh, I've been at the hospital. I've been at the hospital all day. I got to call at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, from my mama. And when I saw my mama's name pop up on my phone at 3.30, I about lost my shit. Like It's one of them phone calls you don't want to answer. You know that there's nothing good on the other side of a phone call from your mama at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, sure enough, my daddy... Had fell out of his truck, his work van yesterday, and uh, he had a sharp chest pain. Then he blacked out, and when he fell out, he hit his head. And uh, his feet were still in the van. His van probably sits up pretty high. It's a work van. And my dad, let me tell you what a badass this guy is. He breaks his fucking neck. He wakes up. He comes to. Doesn't know how long he's been out. And he grabs a beer out of the cooler, and he drives 20 minutes to a friend's house, has a couple more beers, and uh, then drives back home. Well, I think he was just in shock because by the time he got back home and sat in his chair, his throat had swollen up. He couldn't swallow. He started getting mush mouth. His tongue was as big as a damn sponge. Uh, he couldn't speak. Everything was muffled. And he went to the hospital, and he went to Dodge County Hospital. Shout out to y'all. Uh, y'all took care of him for a little while. And then they got the results back from all of his stuff and was like, Mr. Terry, your fucking neck's broke. Uh, your C1's broke. And there's a chance you got another one right up underneath it, the C2, that's got a fracture. And... We got to get you to. We got to get you somewhere else. We got to get you to Savannah. So that's when my mother calls me and tells me at three thirty in the morning they're fixing to fly flight my daddy to Savannah on the chopper, and I'm scared shitless. I'm rushing to get ready, and she calls me back and she says uh, the weather's going to be bad, so the ambulance has to drive there. Or he has a ride in the ambulance. And I do what I would want my son or my daughter to do, which I don't have a son. I would want my daughter to do it. I hopped my fat ass up. I took off down the interstate, down I-16. And I got from Cochran, Georgia, to Savannah at the Memorial Hospital. I think that's the name of it. In like an hour and 40 minutes. I was riding, but if a state patrol or somebody would have stopped me, we would have just had to explain to them what was going on because I was getting to my daddy. And uh, 
I, I actually beat the ambulance there. Mm. I'm going to get choked up a lot of this. I, I don't know if y'all can hear the background noise. Um, besides me just getting drunk, talking about my daddy on his birthday and with what happened yesterday, my dad is an Elvis fanatic. With He's just a fucking Elvis fanatic. And uh, I'm doing what you probably shouldn't do right now. I'm drinking and... I'm listening to Elvis, and I'm thinking about my daddy. On his 60th birthday, as he sits in a hospital in Savannah, and because of COVID bullshit, you can't be there. Um, fuck COVID, by the way. I've, I've, I've hated COVID, but I really fucking hate it now. Um... My mom's staying down there. I paid for her a hotel room so she could stay there. But uh, I have to. My dad owns a business. Um, I have to. I have to go take care of his stuff tomorrow for him. So I had to drive back home. And I had this whole ride home. This whole two hours or whatever it took for me to get here to just think about shit with him. And me and him don't have the best relationship because we're fucking identical. We're the same person. And I don't know. I just got in my feels about it and decided that I was going to do a podcast about him. And I was going to tell you guys on his birthday who Donnie Terry is. And then the second I hit play, I record on this fucking thing. There will be peace in the valley. Elvis singing it. And that's what I hear in a little in my studio area. And it's just like, oh, so we're crying five minutes in. Let's just go ahead and knock this shit out. Uh, for those who know my dad, my dad has been working ever since he was 16 years old. He quit school. I think he was 16. Uh, his dad moved around a lot. And my dad was the oldest of three brothers. My dad had to bury one of those brothers this year, our Uncle Randy. And he had to bury our Uncle Jimmy a couple years ago. Uh, so he buried the baby in the middle, and, and he's here. And I drove my daddy. Like, my, my dad calls me upset and crying and uh, telling me how he's got to go to Ohio to tell his brother bye. And I did what you should do. I was like, I'm not fucking going to let you do this alone. Well, I didn't realize that when I said I wasn't going to let him do it alone, that first of all, I was going to have to drive the whole fucking time so he could drink. You owe me for that, Donald, when you get better. Um, but what I did is I took my dad to Nashville. He had never been out in Nashville. He had never got to do that part. And that's part of my life now is Nashville and my friends there. So I take him to Nashville. I take him to the Country Music Hall of Fame. I got to see tears in his eyes when he saw Elvis's gold Cadillac, when he saw Merle Haggard's guitar, when he, he saw all... All of these people he has looked up to forever, and he is within a hand's, a arm's length 
of these items. I still remember him saying, fuck this guardrail that he had to touch Elvis's Cadillac. And that, if you don't know anything else about Donnie, that kind of sums him the fuck up. That when Donnie wanted to do something, he was going to do it. I guess he passed that on to me. And uh, that's one of the best things that I got from him. He, he's always been rough. He's always been rough. Hopefully y'all listen to a lot of the episodes, and I talk about him all the time. Uh, especially he did a show with me and Lee Tucker a couple months ago when he was upset about my sister living at a cult. And uh, I got to see a different side of Donnie that day, and I, and I liked it. Because growing up, he was always the dad that your bills were paid, everything was took care of. I mean, everything was always good until it wasn't. Donnie was known to drink too much. He still is known to drink too much. And he used to have this big-ass mud truck uh, that he would go race with. And he would think it was a good idea that when I had to get up and go to high school the next day, that he'd get out there and rev that damn thing up. And even though we lived on about 30 acres by ourselves, uh, the cops have got called on that mud truck so many times. Him just saying, fuck anybody within ear's distance, he was going to do what he wanted to. And when the mud truck was over and done with, well, he bought the biggest stereo you've ever seen in your life. And he had it in the house. So he would get drunk, want to gum in his own house, turn his radio all the fucking way up, and listen to what he wants to. Now, would I ever do that to Gracie? Probably not. But Donnie has always done shit by Donnie's rules. Now, there's been a whole lot of times I have not understood it. But the older I get, the more I realized, or, or the more I'm realizing, that my daddy has always lived the way he's wanted to. You know, when he when the good Lord calls his number, you're all going to have to come take care of my ass. But when the good Lord calls his number, I he's I think Donnie's gas tank is going to be on E. I, I share the quote from David Allen Coe a good bit, and uh, it's when I die. I don't want there to be nothing left in the tank. I don't want you to walk past my coffin and be like, oh, damn, he looks good. No, no, no. David Allen Coe said, when you walk past my coffin, I want you to be like, God damn, he's dead. There ain't an ounce of life left in him. It didn't register to me when I was younger just how powerful that is. But the older I get, the more I understand it. That is how I live my life. I want to live all the life I can live. And I want to love all that I can love. And I, I want to be there for people. And my daddy is like the epitome of that. He has pissed me off so many fucking times by him not coming to do something. But he was doing what he wanted. And if he didn't feel like he fit in, or if he didn't feel like he could go somewhere and be comfortable, he didn't go. Another thing, the older I get, the more I'm understanding. 
he made the conscious decision at some point in time to live his life his way. Now, if you're listening to this and you know Donnie, you know that Donnie has fucked up just as much as any of us. When I was in high school, Donnie got strung out real bad on drugs. He had came into a lot of money, and he went off the deep end. Well, when he went off the deep end, the business that he had grew to be so successful, he lost. He lost so much in those two or three years of addiction that it has took, I'm 34 this year. I'll be 34 in September. I haven't been in high school in 16 plus years. It has took him 16 plus years to half-ass get back to where he was. And he, he's really not because the housing market isn't the same. He's hung drywall since he was 16 years old or some type of manual labor. And he's owned his own drywall company since the early 30s, since his early 30s. And, you know, he's he's never gave up on it. I don't know if it was his dream or not, but it's what he's always known. And he's he's never going to stop. Well, I didn't think he'd stop. Him breaking his neck, he can't do what he's done for the past 40-something years. So that's why I'm doing this podcast, too, besides for to talk about my daddy and to tell you all some good stories about him. I'm doing a GoFundMe for him. Now, if you know Donnie, he's going to be pissed. Pissed. Fucking mad that we asked for help. But the truth is, my mama doesn't have a good job. She's probably going to have to quit her job to take care of him. Daddy's not going to work. I don't know, if you want to be honest, folks, I don't know what my role with this show is going to be going forward. I'm kind of scared about it because part of me thinks about my dad raising me and paying the bills and doing the things that a man is supposed to do to take care of his family. Well, I feel like that should be me now. I feel like maybe I, you know, kind of pull back on the show a little bit and run his business for him. Now, I can't go hang fucking drywall. I can't sand it. I can't finish it. But I can do the, you know, the owner aspect of it, the managing aspect of it. And I can put good people in those houses that he has lined up to take care of them. But if I did that and I quit doing what I was doing, he would be so fucking mad at me. He uh he loves coming to the studio and drinking some beer with us and hanging out. And uh, God, he'd be pissed if I even said that. He'd be mad. And uh, so I don't know. I'm I'm lost right now. I'm lost. So. When I ask y'all to do something that he would never ask y'all to do, I'm going to drop at the end of this the GoFundMe, my, what is it, my uh, Venmo, my Cash App, my PayPal. I'm going to give you all those things at the end of this, but I want you to wait and hear more about Donnie first because they're going to need help. They're going to need, like, 
the kind of help that when we added it up a while ago, because he doesn't have insurance, he's going to need physical therapy. Uh, he's bought these things that he's worked his ass off. How many of y'all have ever fucked up your credit and had to rebuild it? My daddy did. And so, like, today when he's laying in the hospital bed, he says to me, I need you to pay this for me. And next week, whenever we get paid for the next couple jobs that are due to us, I'll give it back to you. Can you please do that? I don't want to be late on a payment. My dad was laying there with a broke fucking neck, and he wanted to make sure he kept his word to the Bank of Eastman. Wanted to make sure that he kept his word on when he would pay because he knows what it's like to have bad credit and who had to get back in the good graces of a bank. So, I, of course, I told him I'd take care of it. And I got to thinking on the way home, like, I can't do this by myself. I can't. I can do everything that I can do to the best of my abilities but I'm fixing to have to play business owner, single man, and a father to Gracie, but also helping out my dad and my mom. And I just don't want to see somebody that has struggled with so many things. Uh, to put it in perspective, they moved around all the time when they were a kid. His mom was never in the picture he was raised by my granddaddy. My granddaddy raised him and his brother. The other brother, um, Randy, lived with some other of their family members because my grandpa couldn't take care of all of them. So my dad, since birth, has dealt with no mama, being separated from a brother that when I tell you that it broke his heart, I still remember when they reconnected. They did not speak for 20 probably years, 20 or more years, and they reconnected. And then because he lived in Ohio and my daddy lived here in Georgia or lives here in Georgia, they didn't get to see each other like they wanted to. And that always hurt him. That always hurt him. My dad wanted to be his brother's keeper. He was the oldest brother. Whenever he started his drywall business, his uh his other brother, Jimmy, he made sure that he was involved in it and he was a running a crew and that he had steady work. He wanted to be the person who took care of everybody else. He's still that fucking way. Donnie still as much shit as I give him. And I give that man so much fucking bullshit. He was arguing with the nurses today with a broke fucking neck and morphine dripping through his veins. He he wants to he wants to make sure everybody's taken care of and then he worries about himself. He was sitting there in that fucking hospital bed and making me call the people that work for him to let them know they were still getting paid to make sure that the job got done correctly. And that no matter what, if he had to go in debt, he would make sure that his workers got took care of. He, he don't want a handout. He doesn't want charity. He, he, wants, 
He wants to protect people. He wants to help people. He wants he he's so tender hearted. As I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about all the times he's pissed me off, but I'm also thinking about all the times he's made me cry. Uh, last year, before he pissed me off, last year I won an award in country radio. We had the number one radio station in the state of Georgia, number one show. And I took my daddy with me to the to the award ceremony. I told him before he got there, because he's a horrible drinker. Well, if he's drinking beer, he's fine. It's liquor. Liquor puts him on a different whole playing field. And I said, don't you fucking drink liquor when I'm not looking. And, of course, my friends were giving him liquor because they think it's funny when me and him get into it. Before he just went off the deep end. <laughs> He told me how proud he was of me. And we cried. And we drank a beer together. And it was, it was something I always remember. Hadn't always been bad. Hadn't always been a pain in the ass. He, he paid for a whole lot of baseball camps, a whole lot of baseball stuff. Built me my own batting cage, bought me my own pitching machine uh, in the backyard just for me to not even play college basketball or college uh, baseball. Barely got out of high school. I didn't play baseball after high school. So I was for like some, I had to pay for leagues. But he was, he is. I don't know why I keep saying was. I think why I keep saying was and why I keep getting emotional, my nanny, who was my favorite person ever besides for my daughter, Gracie, she went in uh, because she had a brain bleed. And she's having very bad headaches, very bad migraines. Uh, it was a simple procedure, whatever she was having, took out. Like, it was it was nothing. And she got a fucking blood clot. She died. And it was just so unexpected. <sighs> oh, fuck. Mm. And uh, my mom, my mom is still, it's 20 years since my nanny died. My mom still is not fucking recovered. If you bring it up, uh, <laughs> my mom just breaks down. My mom just breaks down, and it's, she's she still can't handle it. But my dad, I remember at her funeral, even though I'm probably in seventh grade there, I think I'm in seventh grade, I just remember him holding my fat ass. <laughs> I remember him letting me know that it was going to be okay. So I guess for every stupid fucking thing he's done and all the hell that I've gave him and he's gave me, he's done a whole lot of things that was the kind of... He he showed time and time again that he is the man that a father ought to be. And... I feel I feel numb. I feel weak. That the man that taught me how to play baseball, that taught me how to ride dirt roads, that I shared my first beer with. I still remember it was a fucking nasty-ass Corona. Why he gave me a Corona, the first beer I ever drank. I have still to this day don't know why. Because he's never drank anything but Bud Light in his life. Um... I just, he's, to see him in that fragile state today, it hurt me. It's fucked me up. 
to be honest with you, if you can't tell. And I just, I don't know what he's going to do. You know, the living your life hard and living it your way is all fun and games until something like this happens and you don't have a plan. He doesn't have a plan. And I think that I've been put in the position that I'm in to help him, to make sure that he doesn't lose everything that he's busted his ass to regain. And, guys, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, it's expensive. This is going to be fucking expensive. If you look up some of the procedures and some of the things cost for him to go on and live a normal life, it's, it's not going to be cheap. And, fuck, I'm right at this point, I'm liable to suck some dick. <laughs> I'm liable to do a Chuck and Larry thing. So I get some insurance, and then I'm going to fucking move my dad in. Whatever. Make sure he's took care of. Because he, he'd do it for me. If he's listening to this, he's going to be like, I'd never suck dick for you. Well, Don, I'm here to tell you, if it meant your neck wasn't broke, and it, everything was took care of, and you didn't have to worry about bills, I'd suck dick. I'm liable to start a gay OnlyFans just so I can take care of you the way you took care of us growing up. I'm not really sorry for all the times I've called you Donald and pissed you off because it's still funny. I'm not sorry for watching Cody Wiggins slap you in the back of the fucking head and then running into my room and you knocking my door down. Times me and Trent Garrett have called you the master craftsman and picked on you and just gave you shit. All the fad jokes that me and Trent used to throw at you. I'm not sorry for them because they were fun times. Me and you have fist fought. By the way, just saying, we can't do that no more. Uh, but I am the reigning champion. I believe you've knocked me out once and I've knocked you out twice. So, luckily, we don't have to do that again. It's always broke my heart whenever we fought. It's always hurt me. I ain't never told you that because you, you're an asshole. But it has always hurt me. It has always hurt me. Every single time that me and you have fought. Not because we hit each other or whatever. It's just because, like, you're, you know, you're my daddy, my hero. And it should never be where somebody you look up to, the way I look up to you, we should fight. I don't know if I ever told you that, but you are. I model a lot of the stupid shit I do after you because I always saw you have a good time. Ugh. I'm crying. This has just been a long day. I'm sleep deprived. All I can think about is just you being in that fucking hospital bed and I can't be there. But I promise, and I'm hoping everybody listening to this, when I drop the stuff in just a few minutes, 
I'm hoping you can help. I'm hoping that every one of y'all that are listening can help. I'm going to drop the link for the GoFundMe. My Snapchat, not my Snapchat, my Cash App, my PayPal, my Venmo. I want to be able to, when he comes out of surgery or he gets done getting that halo put on his head, I want to be able to tell him, hey, look, for all those people that you have helped over and over and over again, they're helping back. My uncle, when he died, um, Jimmy, I remember being at Navicent Health, and we were standing outside, and they were smoking a cigarette, and I wasn't very close to my uncle, but I was kind of numb, and seeing your daddy cry, that always fuck you up, right? And so, like, I was, I don't know, I was kind of on edge. I was on edge, and this fucking crackhead walks up to us while we're standing outside of Navicent, and is like, hey, can I get a dollar? Or whatever the fuck he said. And I snapped. If you if you know me, there's every once in a while I get attitude. Every once in a while I lose my cool. I lost my cool. And Donnie, that son of a bitch. I remember him telling me not to. He ended up giving the dude some money. And he was like, look, you don't know what that fucking guy's been through. That could be us one day. If you've got something, pay it forward. And that's who I learned it from. And you know, when he said that could be us one day, that's him today. But yet, he's not He's not going to do this. He talked about going back to fucking work today. That how he wanted to go back to work next week. And, I mean, Fuck. If I broke my fucking pinky toe, I'm going to be a bitch for about a month. He broke his neck. He broke the whatever it is. The I'm going to say it wrong. It's the C1 vertebrae. And it controls like you're talking. It controls your, uh, what else is it? You're swallowing. It's a couple things. It controls them. So like. He can't really talk. He can't turn his head. It's the very top vertebrae, the one that holds your fucking head up. And this man is concerned about doing a good job for the people that have put their faith in him to do the drywall in their homes. These builders, these contractors. He's worried about keeping their business because he don't ever want to be broke again. Well, the sad thing is, is if he doesn't receive help, and he doesn't get something back out of this out of this shitty fucking world. And it's probably gonna be a bad situation. Uh I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do. I'll fucking go broke. I'll lose everything I got. Cause I, I know he'd do it for me. I've seen him fucking do it for me. I've seen him when he didn't have shit when he was strung out. Still try to make things happen for me. Still pay for stuff. And I I got I, I owe him that. There might not be a single person that listens to this that 
gives him a dollar. But this is the only way I know how to help. Maybe my platform is here not just to help folks with mental health, but maybe it's to help my dad. And I'm fucking, I'm kind of cool with that. Even if I don't ever fucking make it big, make it rich, even though I might not ever get to Joe Rogan standards, which is my idol, if you can't tell. Uh, Maybe it was just to give back to my dad. My dad has been fucked by this world time and time and time again. And yeah, in some of those situations, he might have put the condom on and allowed himself to get fucked by the world or caused it. Might have teased the tip too much. But, he doesn't deserve it. Okay, so for those who don't know, if you if you have not listened to the show that I did just by myself about me, this is the only other show that I've done by myself, talking about my daddy, is uh, I was a thief. Like, I stole scrap metal. I stole some other shit when I was younger. Uh, stuff I'm not very proud of. I didn't have nothing going for me in this world, and I was just kind of a fuck-up. My dad would never steal. Even when he was strung out, he might fucking pawn everything that we had, but he'd never go take something that wasn't his. And he's never, he's, he's never, he hates asking for help. My grandpa uh, and my uncle have done very well for themselves in life. Actually, the whole other side of my mama's family has. And then there's been us, the goddamn Terry's. And there could have been several times where Donnie could have went and asked. He could have bowed down, could have kissed the ring. He could have said, hey, life sucks right now. I need help. And I know he's had to do it once or twice, there was probably another 100,000 times that he didn't, and he found a way. If it was pawning a title, if you ever pawned a fucking car title, and I have, and you know you get full raped by these companies. Donnie has done it just to put food on the table and keep the lights on when things were bad. And I don't want him to have to do that. I don't want him with all the stuff that he has obtained over the past couple of years with work being good, with him being clean and all this stuff. Like I do not fucking want that for him. I don't. I do not know what is going to come out of this. I don't know. But I'm asking y'all to please, please, please Help the man that would help you. Folks, if I keep talking, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep crying. Elvis is getting to me. Just so many things that my daddy's getting to me. It's really getting to me that he's gonna beat the shit out of me whenever he hears this. But this is what I need for y'all. I set the goal at like thirty thousand dollars. We're probably not ever gonna get close to that. For him not working for six, seven months, and that's how long it looks like it's going to take, that's kind of probably what the bills are going to add up to. If 
we hit something close to that, it'd be a miracle. But this is how you can donate. You can go to GoFundMe and type in 274E67AB. The GoFundMe is also entitled, Help the Man That Would Have Helped You. You can send a donation through PayPal to Josh Terry 920 Cash App at dollar sign JL Terry 87 and then Venmo is Raisin Grace R A I S I N G R A C E. I'm also going to list all of those in the description of this podcast. I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart to help my daddy. I'm going to help him as much as I can, but I know I'm not going to be able to do it alone. So thank each and every one of you. And I really hope that one day, after we help daddy and he gets over being mad as hell at me, that he thanks each and every one of y'all, which that's not even an option He'll want your name, your phone number. He'll want to say something to you. He'll want to invite you to have a beer and listen to Elvis with him and cry. And he'll be forever grateful for your help in this time of need. And so will I. Thank y'all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast. I'll catch y'all next time.